0: Hello and welcome. My name is Mike Bankhead. I am your host. I am a bass player and songwriter from Dayton, Ohio. We go international on the podcast today. We've already talked to someone from Canada. Let's go a little farther. Today we have No Money Savant, an artist from the Netherlands, joining us on... He remixed my single, Hold the Wick. You'll get to hear about that and about his working process as a musician. He's an interesting fella. Let's get to it. Welcome, Kes Matais. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't quite get it, did I? Uh,
1: it was close enough. It was close enough. <laughs> pronounce,
0: your, pronounce your name properly for our American ears. We'll, we'll all listen very closely. Okay, so it's... Kes Mataus. Kes Mataus. And you are from the Netherlands. Yes, sir. From a lovely little town called Ensch- Enschede. <laughs> Enschede, yes. <laughs> yes, near the, near the German border. But your artist name is No Money Savant, and that is stylized as no and then dollar sign and then savant. So yes, my sir. first question is, why is that not a euro sign? <laughs>
1: That is actually a very good question that I've been getting asked a lot, but uh, it's, uh, it's mainly because basically everything I've been doing in music is so inspired by America. So it was just something that automatically popped up into my head, like, oh, that should be a dollar sign, because if I use a euro sign, everybody in the States are going to be like, what is that? You know, that doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> so I thought it would be a little more international, if you know what I mean.
0: That makes sense. And actually, that's kind of a shame because I feel like everybody on your continent knows what a dollar sign is. But there are probably mm-hmm. people here that do not know what a euro is.
1: <laughs> that is fair, too. But I guess when you're such a big and influential country, it's a little easier to get comfortable in like your own terms. So. You know, we in the Netherlands, we have a we have a small country, so we have to adapt a little bit more, maybe. That's really a shame.
0: I like to visit Mm -hmm. other countries and get to learn other cultures. And before I hit the record button, we were talking how I just Mm -hmm. only briefly visited your country and sadly did not learn nearly enough Dutch to have this conversation in your language. So (laughs) I'm glad that you speak English. So tell us, since uh, we met on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of its own little internet universe. So, nobody in my small town is going to know who you are, or what you do. So, this is your chance to tell the residents of Ohio what it is that you do musically.
1: Okay, then. Uh, well, uh, I'm a, a, a rapper. Yeah, I prefer the term artist, but I think I generally make hip hop rap. So, I guess that makes me a rapper. Uh, I'm also a songwriter. Uh, I love many genres. I listen to pretty much everything. I like to write songs for other people as well. Uh, And I'm a producer and also a mixing engineer.
0: That's a lot of skills. We're going to talk about (laughs) each of those skills one by one. So first, the rapping part. How did you get started rapping?
1: Uh, Well, I think I started writing songs when I was much younger, when I picked up the guitar and then you know, started writing uh, my own lyrics and making my own songs. And I never really uh, got in touch with rap culture at all because it wasn't all that big in the Netherlands. And it's not something that your parents are going to put you onto when you're 10 years old, of course. So um, I think it just happened when I, was, uh, when I was a little older, like 14, 15, you know, when uh, things like Spotify were like the, the norm for listening to music, when I could really just dive into different genres find different things and that was when i got in touch with rap and i decided that i wanted to do what these rappers were doing so that's how i started
0: do you write your lyrics in english or in dutch
1: it's funny actually i write all of my lyrics in english now and it feels so unnatural to write in dutch which is weird because it's like my native language but I remember um, I had a, a writing camp a while back, and it was for this Dutch label. So, of course, we had to write Dutch songs. And I just it could not even write a single good Dutch line anymore because I got so used to doing it in English. I don't know what it is.
0: Wow. I mean, that's a useful skill to have. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, It's it's been Fun to see, like how much my English has been improving because of my writing. Because you know, if you write so many lyrics, you learn so many new words. Your vocabulary vocabulary really expands. So, you know, that really helps out a lot.
0: Agreed. So, you also mentioned that you're a songwriter. Now, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of rappers that are fantastic at the lyric writing and the delivery, but they don't actually Mm -hmm. build the music. Right? They buy a beat or they they rapped as something that's previously recorded. But you actually composed music. How did you learn to do that?
1: Well, as I said before, it really started on the guitar because I was like, I think six or seven years old. And uh, I just told my parents, like, I want to play a guitar because I saw it on TV or wherever. And uh, I got classically trained for a couple of years. And then... When I got a little older, I really started diving into jazz guitar. So, of course, when you understand jazz, you learn so much about harmony and how songs are constructed that it really carries over to like any genre that you want to make. So when I wanted to make hip hop, I already had like an entire toolbox of how to compose music. So I think that's really where my roots are in
0: songwriting. And if you did jazz guitar, that means you know all about your ninths and elevenths and thirteenths and crazy chords, right?
1: Yeah. I love them.
0: <laughs> I love them too, sometimes. I mean, I'm a rock guy, so sometimes I like the extended chords, sometimes there's too much. There's a time and a place for them. <laughs> is guitar your only instrument?
1: Uh yeah, guitar is my only instrument, but I have recently been picking up the piano as well so i've been taking lessons because i'm at music school right now and it's required so it's like still very fresh i think i started a couple months ago but it's something that i really want to pick up so
0: it's a useful tool so tell me about music school we'll we'll, uh, we'll pause and i want to learn about the, the music school that you're in mm-hmm. what, what's the yeah. name of the school and what's your what's your major
1: uh it's an artist conservatory um And it's basically like this school where all different kinds of musicians go to. So all sorts of different disciplines. And I'm doing media music right now. So it's the producer education. Um, And you have like all these different, uh, how do you call it? Like skill sets you can choose between when you do media, like a different profile that you want to pursue. So you have like game composers, film composers. You have people who want to, Record bands, uh, people who want to be uh, the next big DJ, uh, and then my profile is songwriting and producing. So it's really focused on writing more than any other of the of the profiles.
0: And it sounds like, in addition to education, it's a great networking opportunity. You're getting a chance to meet other musicians.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, that's for me. It was probably the biggest reason to go there because I think music is something that. You can definitely learn yourself. You don't need a school to go to. However, if you meet with so many talented people every day for a couple of years, uh, you're going to get out of there with, like you said, a great network of people that you can call upon and also from a lot of different disciplines that you maybe would not have gotten in touch with if you would have just stayed in your own lane. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and I mean, that makes, that makes you... Not you specifically, but the general you, us as musicians. It (laughs) makes us more well rounded if Mm -hmm. we talk to people that do things that we don't do, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, that's really uh, what I've noticed as well. Just in my couple of months that I've been there since I started, it's just been great because you get out of your comfort zone so much more. Because, like, you see people that do things that you know nothing about, and then you're like, hey, I want to try that as well. And I think that's great.
0: So you also said you're a mixing engineer. This is mm-hmm. a skill set that I do not have. Tell me about how you learn how to do that and what is your approach to doing a mix?
1: Okay, so mixing has been something that I really didn't even know that I was learning how to do until it just clicked that I have been learning it subconsciously for like years because when you're a producer like me who makes like uh, hip-hop or whatever urban genre m- or more modern genre, you do so much inside of your laptop now. So I compose a lot of songs which are purely just like synthesizers or, and drum samples in my computer. And you put so many hours into that when you're first starting out and you just want it to sound like that thing you have in your head. And I think that that is what mixing is. But for me, it was just, I want to make this thing that I just created sound as good as it can be, you know? And um, that's how it started. And then after I put so many hours into that, I just realized that it was actually mixing what I was doing because I was sort of like creating an approach to, uh, to how to make a song sound like it should sound. And when I realized that, I actually started talking to engineers and started diving into what the, the 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 skill of engineering actually is. And that's sort of where I've been at for like the past half year or something like that. And that's resulted in me like mixing my first couple of songs for other rappers. And that's really something I've been wanting to pursue. So, yeah.
0: And you also mentioned that you're a producer, which you just touched on. Uh, but I want to specifically talk about this because somebody my age who comes mm-hmm. from an organic music background, the word producer means something different to my generation than it means to your generation, mm-hmm. right? So uh, tell us old people, wh- what does being a producer mean to you, Kess? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because I have never really gotten in touch with the 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 old meaning of being a producer. Until recently when I started music school and there were all these people who were probably about your age, trying to teach me how to produce and I was like, this is not my, (laughs) my definition of producing, you know what I'm saying. Uh, But for me, producing means, you know, going into your DAW and uh, creating a beat or creating a song purely inside of your laptop. And all the other things are just a bonus while producing in the old days used to just mean, do you know how to coach a band, record a band and make sure that everything sounds good. So I think it's shifted more towards being a producer as well as a composer instead of purely being a producer.
0: Would you say that learning... But having DAW skills and learning how to mix has helped you as a songwriter?
1: Definitely. Definitely. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything. It's a tool to create what you want to create. And sometimes you being in your room alone with a piano or a guitar or whatever instrument you play just doesn't quite get you there until you can get into expensive studios and get a band together or whatever. And for me, it was so helpful when I first wanted to start out making music that I literally did not need anything except for a DAW and a laptop to create whatever I wanted. So I think for anybody who makes music, uh, whether you really want to produce or not, uh, it's just very helpful to have a DAW and to record your little ideas or be able to set up some demos.
0: Yes, agreed. Mm -hmm. So The reason you're on this podcast, because I met you on Twitter and I checked Mm -hmm. out your music and I have this single coming out in March called Hold the Wick. And I wanted a whole bunch of remixes in different styles. Mm -hmm. And I wanted Kes to do the remix in his style. And Kes agreed. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to drop in the recording of Kes's remix of Hold the Wick for all of you lovely people to listen to. also known as No Money Savant. In this situation, you had all of the pieces already. Right? I gave you the stems from my mm-hmm. recording session, and that was done very old school, organic, like actual real drums. Mm-hmm. I played bass, there was a guitarist, there's vocals, but I gave mm-hmm. you the pieces and said, do whatever. Mm-hmm. Can you explain your approach to creating something new out of those pieces?
1: Yeah, for me, it was uh, it was really fun uh, because when I got the stems and you asked me for the remix, like, of course, the first idea what I had is like, I'm going to make a hip hop version of this song, you know, all the way. But then I thought like maybe that's a little too obvious, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted to dive into something more specific. And then I got the idea to really like dive into the art of sampling, which is something that. I don't think people talk uh, about enough uh, and it was a fun challenge for me because I used to be really into sampling when I first started producing just on my own when I didn't have to worry about anything just you know sample something off youtube and and make some good music however it's something that I really kind of lost touch with when I started releasing music and when I had to worry about copyrights and rights or whatever and it's been something that I'm starting to pick back up again. And so I thought when you sent me the remix or when you sent me the stamps of all the week, uh, how cool would it be to treat this as if I was like a producer who just found the song on YouTube and wanted to sample it, you know? Uh, and I thought that would be a more fresh, like, unique idea. So that's what I decided to run with. And that's how uh, the remix came out. It is. It's awesome. It works.
0: Mm-hmm. So what I hope is that somewhere a rapper hears your remix and decides to do something with it, decides to rap over it. I mean, you <laughs> could even rap over yeah. it someday if you ever I get could. around to I it. I could.
1: Uh-huh. I could. That would be uh, That would be cool, too. Just uh, do the remix part two with some rap on it. <laughs> I, really enjoyed, I really enjoyed
0: what you did there. It was an approach that I had never thought of, and I mean, that's why I reached out to you in the first place. Uh, that's going to drop on march 15th mm-hmm. so let's talk about your long-term plans obviously you work really hard on your music and you're getting a musical education that means that you're serious about doing this mm-hmm. for a living probably what's, yes, what's going to be your approach to make this a long-term goal
1: uh yeah that's that's something i've been thinking about a lot recently but one thing that i've really been uh wanting to pursue is coming to america whether that's just full-time uh pursuing music there or just like uh for a couple months a year or something like that but i've really been uh looking forward towards um the the internship that we get to do in the third year of music school uh because that means you get to go work at a studio or wherever you want for six months and you can set that up yourself so If I can get in contact with a studio in America that wants to have me, then I can be going there for six months, you know, build up some more connections in real life in the States with people as well. And I think that will be key to like really building a a career that I can sustain myself with in the future.
0: If I want to send people to listen to a specific song of yours, which song should Mm -hmm. I tell them to listen to first?
1: Uh, I would say White Corolla. White Corolla is... Uh, it's its actually an older song. It's already more than a year old, but it's the, the title track of my, my first album. And um, it, it really tells a story of uh, how I fell in love with music as a little kid. So I think people should start there.
0: Fantastic. That's where we'll send people. Is there anything else that you would like to promote?
1: Uh... Well, if anybody wants to get in touch with me on social media, I always welcome that. I like to talk to people and connect with people in there, make some connections. So uh, on Twitter, Instagram, at NoMoneySavant, just spelled out. Uh, you can hit me up there and uh, let's connect with each other. Excellent. Thank
0: you, Kess, also known as no Money Savant, for uh, participating in the Remix project and for having a conversation with me. I'd actually love to work with you again someday. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks again to Cass for joining me all the way from the Netherlands and working around the time zone different so that we could find enough time to have a conversation. And also, thank you, Cass, for your fine work on the remix of Hold the Wick. Thank you, dear listener, for being here with me. I encourage you to leave a review or like on the podcast platform of your choice. That'd be nice. I'd also like it if you could possibly subscribe so that you can hear more episodes, more interviews with interesting musicians like Cass. Have a lovely rest of your day.